on Giddy Up. It's time for the Midweek Masterclass with the Mailbag Team. And boys, and there's plenty to talk about with our friends at the Midweek Masterclass and our team there, thanks to the Mailbag Bloodstock and Jack Dickens and Shane Curlio join us to kick off proceedings here and hopefully we can find a winner as well on a Wednesday afternoon. But we might talk about a few of the hot topics in racing with the lads before we get stuck into our staking plan for a Wednesday afternoon. First of all, to you, Dicko, how are you feeling? That's the big barrier draw today, 2.30 for the All-Star Mile. Your man, Froggy Newitt, um, is on a in high oh, after a brilliant front-running ride there yeah, to win the Adelaide Cup yesterday aboard Rebel Racer. Um, and that was an online bargain for $35,000 in January. Can he, can he do it again with Keats, the online bargain for 25000 and lead all of the way in an all-star mile? He's certainly got his eye in, our man Froggy. Um, yeah, the excitement's building, G. Shane Curlio, hello to you. Good morning, Gareth. Um, now, the big issue in racing is that your trainer um, was... Mark Curry, with um, the trainer that you guys use at Marlboro Bloodstock, was charged for presenting a horse to the races with cocaine in its system. Um, that will be a very interesting case, Shane. Certainly will, Gareth. Um, one of many trainers that Marlboro Bloodstock have had winners with over the last six months, I'd like to add. Um, but, yeah, interesting to see what plays out here, Gareth. We've got a problem in Queensland. Um, and we've, our problem basically lies with our Racing Integrity Commission and how they handle these cases. And this is another really interesting example. Now, my position here is um, it hasn't, you know, it hasn't changed since um, day one. Really, if people are get caught cheating, they need to get rubbed out. Guys. Correct. We can't have that in the our game, game, Shane. The game is bigger than an individual. Um, you know, and it's nothing personal against any trainers or whatever else. The rules are the rules of the racing game. We're playing their game and they'll be playing their rules, Gareth. So the game goes on. Um, we've seen some big-name Victorian trainers go by the wayside over the years. And surprisingly enough, the world didn't end and nor did the great game of racing. So the problem we've got in Queensland, Gareth, is that these cases are played out in the media by our Racing Integrity Commission via press releases to say, mm -hmm. look at us, everybody, we're doing a great job. Yeah. Um, the examples that I'll use, and certainly nothing, no knock on Chris Muncy, but Muncy was, uh, was put out, was uh, charged back in 2020 for race day treatment of a horse. Uh, then with further inquiry into that, in, Jan in July 2022, another 10 charges to him and his young bloke were levelled against them by Curic uh, for race day treatment, including needling and administering an alkalising agent. That case still hasn't been heard. Um, and, right, you know, and they continue. So that's fair enough. That's not the trainer's fault. That's the Integrity Commission's fault. Now, this latest one, Gareth, tosses up a few scenarios here because, you know, the rumour mill obviously beats and drums beat loud in Queensland with integrity problems has for a while now. This has come out and said this horse has a cocaine positive, but that's where they left it, Keurig. Um, it's been picked up by all the media outlets, um, Animal Liberation Group tweeting about it, all types of negative negative publicity, um, you know, uh, around the case and on and negative publicity around racing. So 
there's always been a, a growing a growing issue with social license in racing, Gareth, and this sort of stuff doesn't help. Now, there's no details around this thing, and, and this is what sort of everyone's going to be waiting to see what happens. It was a stakes race that this horse won. So the rules in Queensland, you have to be at the races with your horse three hours before the event. Um, and during that time, horses get pre-race swabbed. Um, and then obviously after the race, they get post-race. So there's a few there's a few questions that need to be answered before you sort of jump to any conclusions. Like, was the pre-race swab positive? Um, if not, what, what does that mean as far as um, administration of that drug's concerned? Is it a contaminant? What's the level? What's the reading level? Is it enough to um, performance enhance or is it a possibility there could be contamination? And if it is a really low reading and it is contamination, what are the protocols at a racetrack that would stop uh, strappers, trainers, owners, general public being in a bathroom pre-race, Gareth, smacking a bit of packet and then patting their horse? <laughs> No, it's, it's an interesting one. So we don't know those details yet? Well, I haven't read them in public, on a public forum or anywhere like that. I haven't seen it. I um, wouldn't know. Securing no one knows. Releases, yeah. The Keurig press release says um, there's a hearing this week to be dealt with. So, so yeah. Like oh. so, much un, so much negative publicity around racing in Queensland, once again, driven by Keurig who, have, who use RaceNet as their media arm. To say, look at us guys, we're doing a great job. We're stamping out, um, you know, Correct. cheating and racing. Keurig, so many questions yeah. to be answered before anyone can make any conclusions, Gareth. Ask Shane Graham how, how well Keurig's going, what they did to him. Well, um, the harness racing yeah, driver well, charged I mean, well, him. Ask Alan Endress. Yeah. Alan's the, the great alligator blood produced a, a positive result to a banned substance in the Magic Million three-year-old, three-year-old and Alan dusted off his favourite little hobby of litigation and took him to court and kept the race and kept the prize money. No, I think it's a process that's it's the most important process in racing, integrity, and we've got to make sure that we get people involved in integrity, know the racing game and um, know what they're doing in a way. And we've seen it a little bit with media releases in past regarding horses testing positive to arsenic. Now, when you read that... And I've seen it on, on several occasions, leading trainer test positive to arsenic. Now, arsenic was the the substance that killed Farla. And so when people see that, they think, wow, what's going on in this racing game? And it gives racing a bad look. When all us, when when most of these positives for arsenic is a horse eating a, a wood post, um, and that puts the arsenic into its system, and the trainer's done nothing wrong, but... Um, it comes across like they're a cheat and they get a fine. So we well, need to be better that, with that, I reckon. Yeah, and like one of the things that, that I've learnt over the journey, Gareth, in racing and, and social com social commentary is if you win, you're a cheat and if you lose, you're useless. Yeah, well... It's hard to, um, hard to please them after. So the racing, the racing administration and, and the racing integrity teams don't need to bring any more undue negative publicity on the sport that they're employed to govern for the participants, Gareth. And we're not omelets. Well, Mark, um, if the Curry team have done something wrong and obviously there's cocaine that's tested positive in that horse's system and they need to face those charges, um, then if they're found guilty of that, well, they deserve to be set out of the game. But I don't think people can comment unless they see all the facts in front of them. 
basically. Well, I suppose that's just the nature of the, of the you know, of society. That's fair enough, but it doesn't have to be driven from within the game's administrators, Gareth, yeah. is my main point here. And like the Curry case is just one example. There's been many others. And for all the, uh, for all the things that we talk about PVL and, um, you know, like to rib him, he's, you know, they, some, some love to hate the great man. He does manage his own. He does manage his racing jurisdictions, media, and he does manage the messaging, and he does it very, very well with fear nor favour to, okay. to produce a positive light on a situation, no matter what. Jack Dickens, we've got the barrier draw for the Golden Slipper underway as we speak, and I'll keep you updated there. Um, but we need to find a couple of winners at Sandown tomorrow. So, where do we start with your better bets? on the program there at Sandown. Mate, are you confident that we can make some money and how do you think this track will play? Um, confident, yes. I'm not that confident with how this track will race. The rail's at 13 metres, so it's not a common position. I don't know, I don't really know what's going to happen, but the bets we're going to have are in small fields and they're going to settle forward in midfield. Uh, the first bet's race one, number two, Riverport. Uh, I think it'll start closer to $2.00. And I think it'd be really hard to beat. I think it comes out of the right race and it just maps to sort of, there's no excuses. I think it probably coffins, um, but yeah, it can do whatever it sort of needs to do. The other bet I want to have is race five, number seven, Tanto, who I think will probably sit just in behind the speed. Um, it's got SP edges versus some key rivals here. Um, south of Houston, I think it has... Um, has some kind of gross thing that I don't like. Um, bar plates first time. Mm-hmm. That'll leave me out of that first up off a huge break. Um, I just think Tanto's sort of profiles to explode a little bit here and a really juicy, juicy price. So they're the two bets, G. Have 100 on each. What number was the first one in race? Race one, yes. number two, River Port. And so that's... Geordie, Charles, and Graham Beak. And then race five, number seven, 240 for Riverport. Race one, number two. All right, then. Race five, number seven. Race one, number two, your place at Sandown. What about from a staking plan punting perspective for our man Shane Curley, who is a voice of reason these days? <laughs> um, Pack smacking. Well, um, yeah, I did say packet smacking. Um, <laughs> Um, full credit to you. Like, uh, I, I thought you'd be listening. I thought you'd be listening to the means test with Wayne Hawks. Yeah, this is going to be a great leap for us, and that's probably still going to be the number one highlight for yeah. me personally. Well done, Shane. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm still on the floor listening to Wayne Hawks saying that um, he's given advice to James Cummings. Lol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scooby Doo, man. Um, couple at Eagle Farm tomorrow, Gareth. No prices out as yet, um, but we'll just let's start with the banker. Throw it in your all-ups. Race two, number seven, Naval Trader. We we often get caught up in this um, tipping caper, Gareth, to say the most sensational thing to get a to get a tweet by SEN. Correct. Jack and um, Jack is particularly good at it. Yeah. I learned from the pack, Naval not Trader, the pack smacker, from the Scooby Doo man. Naval Trader possibly could have won by two hundred meters last start if it had any luck. Um, it'll be winning tomorrow, race two, number seven. Um, so you can throw that in everything. It'll get the job done. Um, I had one other thing, something something else smart to say too, Gareth. But I'll... These are on, you are on fire this morning. Uh, 
What race are we? Sorry, Gareth, I'm getting there. So we're race two, number seven. Goes and everything. Then race six, number five, Invincible yep. Courage. Um, I took a took my medicine a little bit last Saturday on the punt, Gareth, betting, um, betting in Brisbane after coming off a January and February of world record winning results. Here's how he opened the batting um, with, like, I'm just going to humbly talk about some racing and then just went bang, bang, and then, bang. And then I just, just, after Saturday, I decided I'm not betting in Brisbane anymore unless I like a horse that's ridden by James Orman or Ben Thompson. Okay. Um, so the first one, Nable. Ryan Davis, Maloney says boys. hello. Yeah, Ryan Maloney's too busy winning great ones in Sydney nowadays. He's only up here to keep practice. Okay. Um, Orman and Thompson are my two men, absolutely airborne. Um, ben Thompson, so airborne that they had to turn the flight around on his way to Sydney to bring him back to Brisbane yes. yesterday. But Invincible <laughs> Courage, Gareth, race six, number five, absolutely dominant first up um, for the new stable here up in Queensland. James Orman rode it that day, sat on speed and kicked their brains in. It'll be doing the same tomorrow, I think. Race six, number five, Invincible Courage. Damien Thornton we'll says hello as well. He's just heading up to Queensland. Forest the blade. Yeah. yeah. I don't know whether there, is there any Thorntons left in Victoria, Gareth? I think no. they're all in, they're all Queenslanders now. Even, so, um, even Wayne Hawks, who Damien Thornton rode a group one winner for Hawksy there last season, was a little surprised he was heading up to Queensland with a few of the big names um out injured at the so, moment and with so much group it does, racing. It does add depth, Gareth, for sure. But these new these like riders like Damien, the local trainers, they they don't they don't sort of swerve too far outside of their normal pattern. If they've got one they like that they think can win, they're ringing James Orman and Ben Thompson. First. Yeah. It's interesting with the racing media as well, or the, the, the racing folk of, of late. Um, I just love how everybody's just getting outraged for the sake of being outraged. And we saw that even with J-Mac's suspension being reduced yeah, yesterday. There was a few that saying, oh, what a disgrace. There's one rule for one and not, um, there's one rule for J-Mac and, Another rule for the rest of them. Like yeah, you, well, what, what governs us all, Gareth? What do you self-interest. mean? Self-interest. Self-interest governs Correct. us all. So if you're a rider in Sydney, it's, it's not fair because you're going to get rubbed out in no, two but weeks some and of no the, one cares. But, some but of the... if you're a participant or a punter, this is what you want. So it just comes down to which self-interest does you serve and that's going right. to be where you form your point of view what, from. What New South Wales needed to do there, Gareth, is mm. for PBL to do exactly what he did with that rugby league player for Penrith that got a two that got a two month suspension or whatever he got and then PBL come out and said, No, 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 we need our big stars playing right. in the big game so he can serve his suspension next year. Yes. Which was ridiculous. That's, what's happened, with yeah. That's <laughs> what's happened with Damac. We need yeah. our biggest stars riding on the biggest days. James, you're the number one, mate, you you're right. We'll we'll knock that suspension back. Just come out and say it. And it was after the line, I don't think he even knew that the, the, no. That horse was there. He put his hand no. up. He was guilty. His record speaks for itself, especially for a man that rides so many hot favourites in races. Um, yeah, he, he give him the four or five days, and then let's just move on. Um, I, I can't imagine that any of the vitriol would have been aimed at James personally. It was more the process and correct. the laughable, the laughable uh, press release from Racing New South Wales stewards about the process they undertook to get to that decision. Hmm. I. The only, the only thing that was a little bit questionable when the um, judge or the appeals panel chair, Richard Beasley, SC, said that, um, and he stressed, this is not a precedent. Yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> well, well just, you basically should have said, well, um, 
well, this was a rule for Macca today, or we made this decision for J-Mac by saying it's not a precedent anyway. I think I think it's a great result for racing that J-Mac is riding on Slipper Day. Love your work, lads. Hopefully it's a fill-up there tomorrow. Indeed. Thanks, Gary. Love you too, Paul. James, James McDonald there's um, great as hell eyes in Shane Curlio and Jack Dickens. We'll take a break and we'll come back and continue on the Midweek Masterclass. On Giddy Up, it's time for the Midweek Masterclass with the Mailbag Team. Peter Anthony and Mark Roden join us now from the Mailbag team to go through their staking plans at the Warwick Farm meeting in Sydney and also at Belmont. Mark Roden, hello to you. Hello to you, girl. It's a big week, Golden Slipper week. You must be looking forward to it. Absolutely, yeah. It's, uh, really starting to hot up this time of year in Sydney, isn't it? Who's your tip for the slipper? Uh, we'll wait and see the barrier drawn about now. Uh, that will uh, be key, but I'm still to be a bit boring, a bit of a cylinder fan. I was on him last start, and I, I think that is the best form. Thank God for that, because we got the $67 when the, the, the driver, the Uber driver of Cadolphin tipped it to us. So, um, And we're happy that J-Mac got off as well. Yeah, well, gee, 67 yes, you're in... Uh, on very good terms with yourself there. That's why you need to listen to us on a Wednesday morning, Mark. I, I know that you listen to us religiously. You just must have missed that morning. As I say hello to you, Pete Anthony, and got a few happy punters, mailbag fans, texting in um, this morning saying, King Pistol, he tipped four from four, um, or four from four, his last four races tipped, including a $14 winner. So you're on five, Pete. Yeah, I didn't get uh, any joy there on Saturday, Gareth. It was... Uh bit of rails inferiority, which uh, had a couple of bets. I thought they were good bets, and I laid in rails and run, but then, yeah, got uh, got the, the swing of fortune there on the Sunday, and a uh, shout-out to Bear Robinson, who managed to jag part of the quaddy as well, which I think only paid 19 grand. So uh, he'll be shouting come later this week for All-Star Mile Day. Oh, so Bear Robinson, so he got my number off you, and now he, did he, is he a pest, is he, these days, looking for Perth mail? Since he, he used to text me saying, what's your best in Perth? And... I say, oh, Bear, I don't know. I haven't had a, a close look. So I said, here's your number. Here's Pete's number. And um, now he annoys you. No, he's one of the good men. One yep. of the good men of racing, Bear. He is. Now, what are we doing at Warwick Farm from a staking point of view there, Mark? We'll kick off with you. Yeah, I uh, found two races I'm interested in betting in at this stage. Uh, the first is race four, the 2,400-metre race, the staying race of the day. Pretty good field for a... Um, you know, uh, midweek 2,400-metre uh, race. But the one I'm going with is number three, Goldman, ex-New Zealander. Turned up at Canberra a couple of weeks ago, having its first run to the Waterhouse Bot Stable, over 2,000 metres, and absolutely destroyed them, one by five and a half lengths. Um, didn't beat much there, to be fair, but, jeez, it's a promising horse. To do that first up over 2,000 metres um, shows that they obviously think it'll get further, so I'm not concerned about the step up to 2,400. Like a lot of uh, that yard's horses will be on speed and give itself every chance, and that 350, 360 or better, uh, I think it, it just has to be back. That said, tip of the spear does look ready to win the horse that's actually favourite in the market, so there is some opposition there, but I, I, look, I, I was just uh, pretty blown away by what he was able to do first up, and uh, Black booked him uh, straight away, and here he's in town at a backable odds, so I'm going to be with him for sure. That's race four, number three, Goldman. Yes, is and, that? Yep. Uh, yeah, just going over to race six. Um, going with the favourite, number four, Demiana. Uh, won well on debut at Canterbury, fronted up at Canterbury again on a night where off rails in run wasn't best. 
uh, it landed too wide as a short price favourite, got beaten by a horse who did get the rails uh, trail. Um, drawn 11 here, uh, which is the concern, but we're getting a pretty reasonable price to find out because of it, I think, at around 360. The great Emerald Lilla on will back him to get the job done from the wide barrier. So, look, staking plan wise, I'd just uh, go 50 50 of 100 on each of race four, number three, Goldman, and race six, number four, Demiana. Pete, what are you doing at Belmont? Yeah, uh, no markets just as yet, Gareth. But race one, the 11 Platinum class, wasn't suited last start. Seems to map pretty well there for Stevie Parnham. Probably doesn't have to improve a great deal. This isn't uh, a super field, and I'm hoping that it doesn't go up favourite. I would like to get $4 plus, and I think with maybe Desert Nymph in the race and maybe even skipping over, which was good there last start, they might take up a bit of the market. But uh, we'll just look at the Bel- Belmont South demeanor races. I think we'll settle thereabouts on speed and has previous figures and platinum classes. That. So that's race one, number 11. Race one, number 11. We'll just have the $200 on that, that galloper. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's always hard to know without uh, without the early markets, but yeah. you know, what do we do? Hey, Pete, just asking for a friend, all right. So a lot of these slots for the Quokka haven't been finalised just yet, and there's a lot looking for some Eastern State gallopers, and I think there's still a little bit of work going on behind the scenes. But from a WA point of view, um, if you can't get an Eastern State horse, what, like... Are we looking at horses like um, Bustler or um, there's horses that have been mentioned like um, Burn to Your Survive, horses that have been competitive going through their grades? Search and um, Jimmy Taylor's horse, Search and Rocks, isn't it? Is that one? Yes. Yep. Search and Rocks. I, I think horses like Tricks of the Trade is possibly going to get a start as well, the railway winner. Um, look, there's a lot of these milers or 1400 meter horses that have all of a sudden been targeted towards the 1200 meter race so i think that's a real query uh we're seeing some gallopers go around at the moment some of the sprint features that are just running consistently um look i think there's a real gap between the best and the top end of the eastern states horses versus the locals I'm not going to lie there especially if you get the good one that can settle on speed so I think you can just wait and see how the TJ unfolds. And if it ends up being a wet track, trying to poach some of those horses that might want to dry, that might be the way to go. So, um, so Burn, you, is it Burn you survived? That's uh, Miller's horse, isn't it? Yeah, Skinny Miller. So, one there on Saturday. Yep. was completely blessed in run. I think my horse, Alessorian, uh, was up backsides all of the straight behind the winner. But anyway, what can you do? That's possible to fight another day. Correct. So, Search and Rocks, Jimmy Taylor, I think he's got a big opinion. Miss Kentucky would be in the, the conversation, even like a House of Serenity, um, Tricks of the Trade, even your horse, Pete. So, I wouldn't give up hope just yet. Yeah, Miss Kentucky, I think, is probably the one. Did start favourite there in the winter bottom last year and just gone to the wrong spot and run and probably had a few excuses. So, look for that one for Simon Miller and uh, probably Paddy Carberry on board. Yeah, and no, I think he's he's riding Amelia's jewel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. another Milo that's uh, dropping back to the 1,200. Although, I think she's probably got a bit more versatility than some of the others. Good on you, boys. Thanks for that, Pete. Good on you, Mark. Go on, go. There's Mark Road and Pete Anthus, and that is the Midweek Masterclass on this Tuesday, the 14th of March. We'll take a quick break on the other side of it. Looking forward to catching up with the team. We're facing the breeze as we talk some harness racing. A few text messages coming through. What a stupid bloody text. And for it to be given air is just as silly as when surely they are whinging about Malum's right on dashing. I don't know if that was the case, Donnie. 
He is human. If anyone backed him yesterday, not knowing where his head is at, serves yourself right. And we all know that Benny Mellon, of course, is the partner to Jamie Carr. Um, and he just had no luck with dashing. So we don't know that, Donnie. Um, geez, you can tell Shadow's had a little bit of fun over the weekend. Um, he's a colorful character. Um, Hey, Gareth, Dicko's always talking about a horse's SP profile. What does that mean and why is it important? Well, SP is its starting price. So when the gates crash back, um, what price is that horse starting? Now, there's some horses that the market love, and then if they fail, and then they start, say, at $15 at their next start after starting at $4, then sometimes that you need to back them because they started at a short price before that. So they must have been doing something right. So that's why... You need to respect the SP. Um, so there's a few other text messages. Surely it's play on regarding the J-Max suspension. This is from Gav. He did the wrong thing. He pleaded guilty. He appealed the severity and due to his good record, he had it reduced. He went through all the current channels and procedures. Spot on, Gav. Giddy up cylinder. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We're facing the breeze straight after this.